As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. He's getting close, but, you know, we all got to be real in this thing, and I think the learning curve of where he's at, he's at a great place. Are there still mistakes? Yeah, of course, but he learns from them, so now he can take that and use it the next time he's out there. Hogan Johns. I've just gotten more comfortable. I don't really get upset if I miss a throw. Yeah, I mean, I'm constantly growing every day. I know that I can make that throw. My goal is to just improve every day. There's always going to be things that I'm going to have to work on at the end of the day, you know, football is football. From NBC NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Adam Ho. Justin, it just looks different. The ball just zips. from the, from the Athletic, it's Adam Adam Johns. His ability to put the ball consistently in areas for only his guy to get it. That's different. It's the Adams. Greatness doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's just, it's a process. Hogan Johns. The Adams converge. Let's begin now. What's up? Welcome in Hogan Johns with you on a beautiful Thursday, at least here in Chicago, to start the 2021 NFL season. Johns, we got Bucks. And Cowboys tonight, the Bears and Rams on Sunday. I am excited to get this season going and getting our listeners our first preview episode. Yeah, of the yeah, absolutely. These, these are always a blast. Yeah, go through the usual rundown of things. We'll have a, a usual guest. Uh, it's it's here. It's finally here. I, I do like that the, the NFL has eliminated that fourth preseason game. That Like, this game means so much more now that that one was skipped over. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's just, it just gets in the way of things. It, it gets in the way and help build the anticipation, I think, uh, even more. Uh, allowed us to enjoy our Labor Day weekend a little bit more, too. Not that having, is also true. Not I also like that the cuts were before Labor Day weekend. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. All right. For those of you who may be new to the podcast, I know we have some that have been here all seven years. You Those... Those longtime listeners know how this preview episode works. Uh, It's always coming to you on Thursdays before each and every game of the season. Uh, Unless, you know, sometimes it's a Monday game, might be a day later. If it's a Thursday game, we all cram it in in a short week. So there are some adjustments, but usually on a Thursday is when we break it all down for you. So 
We'll get you the perspective from Los Angeles, as we always do, from the opponent, Jordan Rodrigue from The Athletic. She covers the Rams. She will be joining us here on the podcast today, so we'll talk to her. We usually go over some news, whatever the latest news is. Wednesday is always a busy day at Hallis Hall. Yesterday was our first Wednesday of the season. We got to hear from all three coordinators. I kind of like that coordinator day, and I thought the... The coordinators brought it yesterday with some interesting stuff. So we'll discuss that. Okay. There's some, uh, there's some, uh, hey, I got like two, no, 1,500 words out of the coordinators yesterday, Johnsy. Well, some of Bill Lazor's quotes are 1,500 words That's themselves. True. I'm yeah. making a joke. It's a joke. I feel like I'm not being me. I like Lazor, though. He's willing yes. to answer questions. He's willing to, to uh, get, I mean, you got to sort through it a little bit, but. He, I like. I, I'd much rather have a guy talk than not talk. Can, can I? Can I just pick apart one thing he said about Andy Dalton? Sure. Like he, like his, his favorite thing about Andy Dalton is his competitiveness. Yeah. Like I'm sitting there in the corner of the Hallis Hall media room. I'm like, who? Like this is not Tom Brady. Like if you read, this, there, there is a story up on the Athletic right now by Jeff Howe where Tom Brady is ranked as the number one player of all time in our countdown of the greatest players of all time. Yeah. And read that. That is a, a man obsessed with being competitive. With all due respect to Andy Dalton's competitiveness, I don't think it just felt like too much coach speak to me. So, sorry. Little rants before sure, we get going. But look, Brady's more on that, like, Michael Jordan Yes, borderline insane but, level. But that's competitiveness that should be praised. Is it not? That's like a special brand of competitiveness. Sure, but here, let's put it this way. I, I liked uh, a tweet that Jeff Dickerson had yesterday after the Dalton press conference. And, and, his, and his point, I don't have it in front of me right now, but his point essentially was there's been plenty of Bears quarterbacks that have come through here that have lacked confidence and fully believe in themselves. If that makes sense. And and JD's point was he didn't think he doesn't think that's gonna be a problem with Andy Dalton. And I buy that. I buy that. I I, th- I think Dalton has a certain self belief that wasn't always there with Trubisky. You know, whether it's the uh, gotta turn off all the TVs because of what people are saying. Like I, I don't I think the way that Dalton has handled this really awkward Justin Fields situation shows that he's got that confidence and willing to fight through it. Now, I don't know what the results are going to be on the field. That's a whole different conversation. But I get where Laser's coming from. And I think it's, yes, you want everybody to have the Tom Brady level of competitiveness, but it's like all these guys are competitive. Everybody says they're competitive in the NFL. Yeah, but not all of them are. Yeah, that's that's fine, but they always bring it up. Like I, I thought about that when Brashad, um, not Brashad, uh, Perryman was talking to us yesterday for the first time, and he gets there and he is answering questions about like, all right, dude, you've been on like seventeen teams. What's uh, what's going to be different? What's going to finally make it click? And I didn't know that he had a great answer. Just be more consistent. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like Anthony. That's Miller. fine. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, question is yes. But my point is, my point question is, the guys drive. Yeah. Yeah. It's not all. A lot of good, talented players in the NFL. I would actually say, very few have what it actually takes from that standpoint. And then, of course, the very, 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 very top. You have athletes like Tom Brady, 
Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods that are just on a whole different level. But I'm willing to give Dalton that what he's a look, I go back to the Rose Bowl I covered with Andy Dalton playing with TCU against Wisconsin. We're going back to like 2010. But this is my point. It's one game and but there's a month lead up to it. So you get a little extra time to learn about the players and, and, and certainly TCU is not necessarily getting all the attention as some of these other programs during the year. So you know, you learn a little bit about, a little bit about Andy Dalton going into that game, but I come out of that game and TCU wins. I'm not thinking Andy Dalton is going to be in the league in 2021. You know what I mean? So there's just based on his ability, so there's obviously something there behind the seeds, scenes that goes beyond his ability. The things that I think Bill Lazor was talking about yesterday that have resulted in him having a very, very long, quite frankly, successful NFL career, even if it's obviously not at the level of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I know what you're saying. Well, success, I think, is relative for a man who doesn't have a single playoff win. I don't mean to be overly critical of him, but I'm just guarding against what the Bears are saying about him because I, I know they're starting to, like there, there's this maybe, they're purposely trying to set a level of expectation for him, but I, I think at this point, we know what Andy Dalton is. Like the guy has not had a winning record. I know wins and losses aren't exactly, you know, an honest quarterback staff, but like he has not quarterbacked a winning football team since 2015. I mean, that's a thing, right? Like, and I don't think Andy Dalton knows what's coming to him in a sense, right? Like, going through the preseason, hearing questions from us is one thing. But if he has two three and outs against his former team in week two, he's going to be booed upon booed upon booed by his own fans. And I'm just, I don't, I don't think he... Yeah, 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 but it's going to be more intense when the building's full. I, I like the, the the scrutiny that Bears quarterbacks go through. Um, I think is extremely unique in the NFL. I don't think he's experienced anything like it before. I really don't. Yeah, probably not. Well, we'll see how he handles it. For more on the uh, coordinators, I uh, do have a piece up on NBCSportsChicago.com with sort of all the news and nuggets from those guys yesterday. Bill Lazor, Sean Desai, uh, who is going to coach upstairs, by the way. He tried out the coach's booth and the sideline during the preseason, decided to uh, go upstairs. So uh, there's a little nugget from Sean Desai and then uh, some stuff from Chris Tabor as well, the special teams coordinator. Uh, John Z's stuff is up on The Athletic. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you go to subscribe and some bold predictions up there I think we'll get to here in a moment. And you can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Um, as I was trying to go through what we usually accomplish here on these preview episodes, we'll talk about our three <laughs> big questions. Johns was just, just I was ready to go. wait to jump I on Andy Dalton. Go. Just calling BS on the Andy Dalton conversation. I don't want to because, again, like he he does seem like he's built to handle this. But at the same time, there is there's more fire coming out of that redhead. Like and I don't think he understands that. I I don't know if the Bears fully grasp what's ahead. Like he's got to play his best football since like 2014 in 2021. That's just the way. I. Well, that's a different conversation. And I don't think that's going to happen. 
but I do think he's built to handle this better than like Mike Glennon, obviously. Well, so low bar. Uh, sure, sure. So we'll talk about our three big questions that Johns puts together every week. We'll address those. Uh, again, we'll hear from the Los Angeles Rams side of things. And then we have our predictions, our bold predictions. And then we pick the games of the week. You know, we used to jump into college games. We finally, Johns hated it so much. We got rid of that segment <laughs> last year. Uh, I asked you last night on the, our, our Hogan Johns group text if you wanted to include one. No, no, no. We retired that last year. I actually did. Yeah, miss that I know. Text. We did. I did yeah, not yeah, see that. Yeah. We did retire. It last what year. Now we put some, we put some big games in there occasionally. We might have to put some, you know, five minutes of high school football talk in there now though. Oh, I am game for that. How things have changed on this podcast over the years. Um, all right. Let's start with it. I also want to talk about our season predictions too. Um, Let's quickly start with some news, though, that came out of House Hall yesterday. You were the one that that broke this story that Eddie Goldman is dealing with uh, what seems like a, a, a minimum and a significant leg injury that is going to put his status for at least this week in serious doubt, if not more than that. So what do you know? How concerned are you about this? I'm very concerned. My understanding is that it happened Monday in practice. Um, one unique difference for, I think this season is that Matt Nagy is not going to talk on Wednesdays. Um, so I think that should be announced to everybody. We're so used to hearing from him Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's not going to be the case this year. NFL rules now dictate he only needs to talk three times per week. So Wednesdays are now off the board, right, Adam? Uh, yes. And, and by the way, it, I actually do want our listeners to know that because it's, it's significant enough that I, uh, I we at least I thought about moving this podcast to Fridays. I, I I think our listeners want it by Friday morning, but the problem is the way the schedule set up now. When we record this preview episode every week, you're not going to have your the last time you'll have heard from Matt Nagy is Monday, it's the day after his press conference. So um, I guess we'll just kind of have to wait and see how wait, that yeah. goes. But already in week one here, here's an example where not hearing from the head coach on Wednesday. And by the way, there's there's pluses and minuses to it. Um, I don't need we don't need to get all into this, but we did discuss this with the Bears and try to come up with because it's a new rule and we're trying to figure out what works best from for everybody. And the problem was if you talked Wednesday and not Thursday, then you wouldn't hear from the head coach at all throughout the injury report like till the end of the injury report and so and i think we all want to hear from the coordinators earlier in the week that rather than later because usually the questions we ask them have to do with the previous game and by thursday they're well on to the next opponent so it's just these are kind of the behind the scenes stuff we talk about and try to figure out but uh everything has a positive and a negative and unfortunately for this, especially for this podcast, this is one of the negatives that we're not going to hear from Matt Nagy before we record these preview episodes. And we'll just have to see how that goes. But in this specific case, here's an example where he didn't talk on Wednesday. We don't have any update on Eddie Goldman from the head coach as we record this. He'll probably say something later today. Um, but that's why we have you, Adam Johns, because you have all the info you, that we need anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be good. Um, it just... It's bad luck. This this is a guy. He looked he looked great. He did, yeah. Against, I mean, he showed up physically in great shape at the camp, and then when he actually played against the Titans, I mean, he was one of the best players 
early on in the game against the uh, not Dolphins, the Titans starting offensive line. Um, so this is a, a tough break. Now it is, it is one position that is built to withstand some injuries. Uh, it's the Bears' deepest position, but at the same time, Mario Edwards Jr. He's on the suspended list still for the next well first two games. So some early season adversity for the Bears' defensive line. You know it's not good when they announce on a Wednesday morning that they've signed two guys to the practice squad. Oh, yeah. Um, and why that matters a little bit, well, first of all, it's just an indication that, okay, they're preparing to have more depth or need more depth, and especially when two guys get signed and they both play on the D-line. Yeah, and they're not young guys either. No. They're no. guys who have been in the league for a bit in their 30s. And, and one thing to keep in mind is with the new... The practice squad rules that carried over from last year, you can call guys up on game day again. So they can be on the practice squad and get called up. Uh, so we'll see what the roster finagling is over the next couple of days. Now, the good news is they didn't just go ahead and put Eddie Goldman on IR. Maybe that's coming. Don't know, but they haven't done it yet, um, which is typically what you would do if it's season ending. And even if they did put him on IR, remember, you only have to be out for three weeks at this point. So, regardless, for this week, not good. For this season, potentially not good. Getting Eddie Goldman back was huge. And the trickle-down effect. So, they got Kyrus Tonga, who I thought has looked pretty good. Still a seventh-round rookie, though. All right. Now, at least they have a true nose because I consider him to be like a true backup nose. Whereas last year, I didn't think they really had that. They had Akeem Hicks Who is Bilal inside. Nichols. Bilal Nichols was playing a lot. And Bilal, too, is, you know, he's talked to us about how, you know, he's kind of playing out of position there. He, I think he did a pretty good job, but he's more effective if he's not on the nose. So now you're back to the same situation you were last year, which wasn't the end of the world. But when the season was all said and done, you're saying, ah, oh, the Bears missed Eddie Goldman. And certainly, if he's going to play like how he looked in those few snaps against the Titans in the preseason, it's a big loss. It is. It is. Um, Angelo Blackson, I mean, he's, he's looked good in, in training camp. He had a really good big day in training camp. He had the two safeties. But, yeah, for, for a guy who sat out last year, showed up in good shape, it's a tough break for him. It really is. I also don't like that. Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn are already on there. You know, yeah, yeah. That, that's like, I feel like Khalil Mack will be fine. I think at this point in his career, he's going to have things that land him on the injury report, but he plays on. Now it's Robert Quinn's a different story, though. He's not Khalil Mack. Yeah, but look, I don't, I, and I don't actually don't think either one's all that concerning for this week. I just, I don't think it's a good sign. Yeah, that, you don't want anything. What did we talk about in the offseason? It was get them both healthy. They're going to be better once they don't have to deal with these nagging injuries. Well, they're both already dealing with nagging injuries. And Quinn's been dealing with it since the start of training camp with this back thing. And backs are especially not good. That's why one of my bold predictions this year, man, was Travis Gibson. More sacks than Robert Quinn. Not exactly too bold, but... They're going to need something, someone that's not Robert Quinn, that isn't Robert Quinn. Yeah. Well, uh, and then Darnell Mooney's on there with a back injury. So what what's going on? When did that happen? He hasn't played in a while. It's just, 
wasn't the injury report you want to see. Um, no. Whereas the Rams injury report was two guys getting vet days and Ben Skoranek, who I covered at Northwestern, who I didn't even realize was on the 53, is dealing with something and was limited. Like, that's the injury report you want in week one. That's what you want. That's what you want. Um, not good for the Bears to start. And I agree. I, I think the only one that's really concerning for this week is Eddie Goldman. But that's a pretty freaking big player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For now, that's the one that's most alarming past this week, too, yeah. I would say. All right, quickly, before we get to um, more in-depth on this game this week, I want to talk about more of our big-picture season predictions. And uh, you had some bold predictions, including when Justin Fields starts. Now, you hinted at this the other day. You're looking at the week nine 49ers game against the 49ers. Week eight, yeah, week eight. Understand the logic. I looked at this pretty hard. I have a my season prediction column. Went up late last night, so it's up for you guys to read at NBCSportsChicago.com, too. Um, I settled on week six against the Packers. Dan Pompey picked that, too. Oh, did he? Okay. Yes. And, oh, you feel better about your prediction. Oh, of course. <laughs> if the Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. If the yeah. Hall of Famer's on. I, I did not know that, honestly. But does he have that up on The Athletic, too? Yes, that okay. went up uh, late afternoon yesterday. So okay. please check out our roundtable as well. So check that out on uh, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johnson on my list, list to read um, today. Well, my logic, and I, I don't know what Dan's logic was, but um, I think a lot of people pinpointed that week four game against the Lions as sort of a soft landing spot. I hate the idea of a soft yeah. landing spot. I just I don't I don't think it. But, but that game is. But it is compared to the. If, rest if of you schedule. Pick, if you pick one in the first eight games, that is the easiest game to insert a rookie quarterback. Sure, but I think as we've learned, the Bears don't think like the rest of us, and though they could also view that game as a good rebound opportunity for Andy Dalton and the Bears <laughs> yes, offense. Yes. Okay, so um, it, that's where I'm not. It, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to come out of the first three weeks with a one and two record, at least beat the Bengals. Now, if they lose in week two to the Bengals and they offense struggles against that defense, I think all bets are off. All right, so we could see Justin Fields earlier, but I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to at least win that game. Maybe they struggle in Green Bay. They're one and two. Maybe you start to be on the fence about what to do. But oh, the Lions are coming to town. Let's let's give it one more shot to get the offense with Andy Dalton back on track. That's how I think they're going to look at it. While everyone else is obviously going to look at it differently and say, "Oh, it's a great opportunity to get Justin Fields out there." The problem is, even if you win that game, I don't necessarily think good things are going to happen in Vegas. I mean, good things never happen in Vegas, but um, that's why they stay in Vegas? That's why they stay there. But um, unfortunately, you can't leave the L in Vegas. And I know I'm getting ahead of ourselves picking games, but I don't necessarily foresee the Bears coming home from Vegas with a three and two record. I think it might be more like two and three. And if you're five weeks into the season and the offense is sputtering, you and I have covered this team long enough to know how important it is to the McCaskies. We've talked about it a lot on this podcast beating the Packers. And I am not a big believer that Matt Nagy is on the hot seat, but I also cannot ignore that one in five record against Green Bay. And I don't think ownership can ignore it either. 
So if there's a way to get on the hot seat in 2021, it is for the season to start spiraling out of control and losing to Green Bay again. So a loss to the Packers at home to fall to two and four with Aaron Rodgers just coming into Soldier Field, doing what he does again. The offense looks terrible. I That's where I think it's going to be really, really tempting to flip the switch there. Put him out there against the Packers. Kind of kick off a new era with the quarterback. I know they believe in. I know they think he's really good. And think about that atmosphere. Throwing Justin Fields out there against the Packers at home with the crowd. Um, I have a hard time believing they're going to make it to week nine. And so I just think that that might end up being the right spot against the Packers in week six. See, in my opinion, you need the actual Packers game for that flip to be switched. For the pressure to be put on to change the actual plan. Like you need that loss or the coach have to be like, all right, this is not enough. We don't have enough of Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. We have 11, maybe 10 games left, depending on what you want to do against the Super Bowl champions the following week. Let's not forget that. You go from Aaron Rodgers to Tom Brady. Good luck. That, like, I, I strongly believe that Andy Dalton's going to be afforded opportunities to figure out certain problems that he has, certain problems that the offense has overall. Um, I think like you, like if, if he'll be given that opportunity against lions. So that's my thought. Like if, if Justin Fields isn't playing against lions, then this is going to be an elongated process. They're going to give Andy Dalton more time yeah. and it's going to be Raiders and then the Packers game. And then all bets are off. Like to me, you need that Packers loss to change the plan. Like that would change the plan. So unless he's like completely horrendous before that. And here's the thing we're guessing. And I, I totally agree with everything you just said. Remember when they lost to the Raiders in Vegas or I'm sorry, in uh in London a couple years ago, was it yeah. week five or was it week four? It was early in the season. It was the, early in the season. And the bears lose that game. I'll never forget Nagy in that Monday press conference at the JW Marriott in London before the team flew back. He just looked, it was different, man. He comes, a lot of times, even after loss, he comes to those losses, he comes to those press conferences on Monday and manages to like kind of get his mojo back, look at the positives, address the negatives, and, and but he looked defeated. He looked really, really tired. Um, and you could just tell, remember, change was going to be on the way. We talked about it, we wrote about it, and sure enough, Kyle Long was gone. Yeah, like they did make a significant change with one of their significant players. They, he was gone. So, I I just wonder like, it, it it's not because it's the Raiders again. It's just maybe that's what's clicking in my brain. I just see a scenario where they really fall to two and three, and that offense has struggled over five weeks. I could just see the similar Matt Nagy where he's just sort of fed up understands you start looking at that schedule it's like green bay uh what's the order it's it's the packers before they play the 49ers they play who's on that list i don't have it in front of me right now it's a murderer's row of teams coming up though. yeah and that stretch of teams after you play the lions and 
if you're going to stick through with Andy Dalton through all that, you could just, all of a sudden, you could be two and seven before you realize it. Season's over. That's why I think it's going to be tempting to go sooner than week nine. But we'll see how it plays out. They should be two and two after the first four games. Should be. Should be. Yeah. Should be. That's where a loss to the Bengals or Lions could accelerate things. And with this team, I don't think you can count that out. I, I just keep going back to they did lose six games last year in a row. That means it's in the realm of possibilities of it happening again. I just think that that's something people have to consider. What um, what was your season record? So this is where the multiverse comes back into play. This is where you have to get okay. on. Here we go. No, you get your one Disney. prediction. Make up. Have a, no, no, you, you have cannot. a no. take. No, you cannot. That's the take. That's the take. You could, the season changes when Justin Fields replaces Andy Dalton. So that's just, just a thinking, new year? What if they're two and seven at that point? Two and seven? Well, I think that Justin Fields could deliver this team at least one or two more wins. Right? So that, that was my thing. So I got him seven and ten if Andy Dalton starts more games. If Justin Fields starts more games than Andy Dalton, I got them going nine and eight. Okay. I'm not going to quibble with the math too much there, but there's a scenario where that doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. whoever starts the majority of the games, I think there'll be, uh, there'll the be more games. Just I wasn't actually, but you have to look at the, the parallel universes going on here. Come to the multiverse. Man. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes I wonder, <laughs> I, sometimes I wonder if you realize that Marvel's not real life. <laughs> sure. And by the way, everybody harassing me on Twitter. I love Marvel. I have Disney Plus. I do not have time. And I wonder how this guy over here with his three kids and 900 things going on in his life too, just like I have going on during football season, somehow manages to watch all these Marvel shows. And there's like 10 of them now. Saturday, well, there are. But they're not at the same time. Saturday morning television, man. You know, it used to be cartoons when you were a kid. <sighs> I got soccer on Saturday mornings now. So do I. I got so do I. high school kids film to watch. Six. Loki was like months ago. Anyway, come on. You know Justin Fields is better for at least one or two more wins if he starts more games than any dog. Sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I do agree with that. Like, okay, look at it this way. If Justin Fields gets the final 10 games, I just, just spitballing here. Like, maybe he goes six and four. What does Andy Dalton go there? Maybe five and five, four and, four and six. Like, that, that's how I look at it. That's how I feel like the... The record shift. That's how I try to reflect it. You know, I, I think, and my my column's up for you guys to read. I went eight and nine. And I do understand what you're saying about the multiverse. But I do think that, one, I'm trying to give Andy Dalton more credit than I think he's getting. Because I actually, I have come around on the idea that he is an upgrade over what the Bears had at quarterback last year. And I did not think that in March. I did not think he was better than Mitch Trubisky. I, and, I, and by the way, I'm not saying he's significantly better than Mitch Trubisky. But I, I am buying the stuff we talked about at the beginning of the podcast that Laser was talking about. Some of the intangibles that Mitch did not have. And ultimately, I think, was the reason why he was a failure here in Chicago. Because I think the raw ability was there. And I think Dalton will be more accurate. I think he'll hit some of those wide-open layups that Mitch missed too much. 
I think he will have a better idea of what he's seen at the line of scrimmage, both pre and post snap. Okay. But yes, there's also a ceiling to his abilities as a quarterback, especially at this point in his career. When you point out, like you said, that he needs to play like he did in 2014 or 2015, which was a long time ago. But even if fields comes in, you know, I start to think about what rookie quarterbacks have done in their careers. Justin Herbert, was like among the best we've seen last year with what he did. And he still was on a losing football team. Now the Bears, I think, have a probably a better roster than the Chargers did last year. But I don't know that any of us are claiming the Bears have a Super Bowl roster at all. So I still think if Justin Fields plays, there is a limit to what the Bears can actually do in terms of wins and losses, especially when you consider this schedule because you start to go through the schedule and it is really, really tough. So maybe I went down the middle a little bit with eight and nine, but I think regardless of what multiverse you're living in and John's is living in this crazy one, um, I still think it comes out to a pretty a record that's somewhere around 500 and the bears feeling good about their quarterback situation going into 2022, but missing the playoffs. And by the way, also worrying about the window shutting on the defense. Yeah, well, you need, well, eventually, you're only feeling good about it if Justin Fields plays at some point and plays well. Right? That's it. And I'm not convinced, I, I am actually not convinced that Andy Dalton is an upgrade over Mr. Trubisky quite yet. I, I, I'm really not. I know what you're saying about the confidence, and I know the, the Bears firmly believe that like, they have a better sense of what they're getting more from Andy Dalton than they get from Mr. Trubisky. But you know what? The rest of the NFL knows Andy Dalton too. Yeah. And I, I, I pulled the, the advanced stats from last year, man. Trubisky had nine games. Dalton had nine games. Trubisky had a winning record. Andy Dalton did not. Like completion percentage, Trubisky was better. Adjusted net yards per pass attempt, an advanced stat, Trubisky was better. Sack percentage, Trubisky was better. Expected point added per play, Trubisky was better. I mean, Look, Trubisky wasn't the answer here, but the numbers say he was still better than Andy Dalton last season. Fair point. So take that and think about that for a little bit. It's good stuff right there. I got to admit. All right, let's get to your three big questions. All right, hold on. Number one, how much will the Bears' history against Matthew Stafford Benefit Sean Desai's defense on Sunday night. I find this really fascinating, and I wrote about it a little bit in the column on the coordinators. It it this matchup is is you got the Bears who have faced this Rams team each of the last three seasons. This was four years in a row, so they know what they're going up against in terms of Sean McVay's scheme. In fact, they had success. They were one of the reasons. Why the NFL figured out some of this scheme back in 2018 when Vic Fangio had it all figured out. And this is more of that defense that you're going to see the Bears play. And they also know Matthew Stafford very well. Very, very well. They see him twice a year. So now it's taking what you had success against the Rams in the past which we have to admit was partially due to Jared Goff not being great, and then plug Matthew Stafford into that. And the problem, I think, is going to happen. I don't think the Bears' defense is going to play horrible. 
But I'm pretty high on this match, this this marriage with Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. I like it. I think it's a great fit. I think with what you look, look the Rams, they love their tight formations, motion, pre-snap. They do a lot of that stuff. They try to create space on the outside for the receivers to run routes. They have good route runners. I mean, Robert Woods is a really good route runner. So Matthew Stafford, to me, is the perfect quarterback to execute what the Rams want to do because he has the experience, because he knows what he's seen, and he's got the ability when the home run comes based on what the defense is doing to hit it. So I'm worried about that matchup. I, I, I think I think Sean Desai will have them prepared, but the players still got to go do it. And I'm just worried that the players on the other side of the ball are ultimately going to be better and have more success. I think this is uh, like the opportunity that Matthew Stafford has right now to change the course of his career. This is this is unique because that's basically what the Lions and the Rams did. They flopped quarterbacks. They said, "Jared Goff, you weren't good enough. Now we expect to be great with Matthew Stafford. Like he's supposed to be the player." To elevate his team. Now we've covered Matthew Stafford for a long time. We've seen a lot of his football games. He's never struck me as a player who consistently elevates his team. Now we've seen him make some amazing throws. We've seen him beat the Bears, but we've also seen the Bears beat him. This is his opportunity to change the course of his career. Like he's gone from this underappreciated, overlooked guy in Detroit now to this perfect fit in LA. But now he's got to prove it. He's just got to show it. Prove it. How many times have we described Detroit as hot garbage on this podcast? A lot. A lot. The Lions are the Lions. Yes. Now, can Stafford, like, is he just the perfect case of a change of scenery? Like, is, is he going to be the, the role model or the best example for how a change of scenery could benefit a quarterback? We'll see. Number well, two. Go ahead. I'm listening. Number two. Will Andy Dalton's experience, competitiveness, and everything else said about him by Bill Lazor, Matt Nagy, John Filippo, Ryan Pace really matter? And I'm talking at him really matter against a Rams defense that was number one in the league last year. Here's Adam Johns in, the, in that press conference room yesterday. It's Bill Lazor's talking. This is what I'm learning. Lazor's talking. Dalton this, Dalton this, and here's Adam Johns. No, don't care. Yeah. I think it matters, but is it the difference in the game? No. No. No, there's a much better chance that Justin Fields' explosive ability to make home run plays uh, would be the difference in the game than there is with with these intangibles we're talking about with Andy Dalton. Like... I hope I'm being clear about this. You're wa- you're you're walking into the multiverse, but go ahead. I, I I think they are an upgrade, but I think the Bears have. But here's a, here's the thing. I think the Bears still have so many other offensive problems that Andy Dalton can't overcome those problems. I think there are certain special quarterbacks who can cover up other problems. I I'm not claiming Dalton's that guy in any way whatsoever. So, does he show his experience, competitiveness, and everything else said about him? Sure. Does it really matter when it comes to beating the Rams? Probably not. Uh, I think where I'm at. (laughs) Thanks, Vic. You would know, Vic. Um, Surprise me. Like, I got a column coming up. I think it's going to be up either Friday night or Saturday. It's it's just like, surprise me. Surprise all of us, Andy Dalton. Number three. By the end of the night, how much is Justin Fields discussed publicly 
whether that's on this podcast in the bars of Chicago, radio stations, Chicago, national television, NFL network, what have you publicly, but also internally at Hallis Hall. Well, publicly, he's going to be talking about a lot. I have a feeling that, especially because this is a Sunday night nationally televised game, that on Monday, on all the talking shows, NFL Network, ESPN, Fox, FS1, whatever, you know, all those shows, it's going to be one of the first things discussed. It has Especially if they lose. Especially if they lose. Right. So... Publicly, it, he's going to be talked about a ton. And we're probably going to be talking about him, too, if we're being honest. Internally, I, I guess it depends on how bad it really is. I, th- I think it depends on who. You what, know? Oh, like... like maybe, maybe Ted Phillips and George McCaskey oh. over coffee in the morning are talking about certain things that are a bit different than what Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, and his coaching staff are talking about the day after the game. Well, unless it's a total disaster, which, by the way, I think is on the table. If it's, if, like, they could lose, but if it's not a total disaster, like, I mean, if we're talking like Dalton throws four interceptions and everything is just a mess, the Bears have three points at the end of the night, then I think it's a discussion Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are having. Hell, they might be talking about it at halftime. No. Um, but I think what, what more you, likely, much more likely is it's not necessarily a disaster. It's just uh, kind of what we expected. Right? Just sort of a, another sluggish game in L.A. like we've seen the last couple of years. Not a ton of points. Clearly something's missing the, in the offense. And it's enough that everyone publicly is talking about how Justin Fields can make a difference. But inside the walls of House Hall, those coaches are talking more about how to fix it for next week. You know, how to make the how to make the corrections with Andy Dalton with the offense with the current offense rather than making a substitution. That's what I think is most likely. What's the over under on Justin Fields what would you say? Cuts Justin Fields on the sideline where he's standing there where his, you know his hands are in his shoulder pads there, baseball hat on. That's how many times do you think we see that? Uh earpiece in Seven and a half over under. I might actually take the under. Yeah, I would say seven sounds like a good number. Five to seven. Start to think about, you know, the opportunities you actually have to show the other quarterback. And you also don't want to be like completely disrespectful to Andy Dalton at the same time. So, again, if it's a disaster, I think maybe you hit the over. But I'm going to actually say under on that. I'm going to say under okay. five or six sounds right. By the way, we should mention the voicemail line will be open. We will have your voicemails on the podcast next week. Our Tuesday episode is when we bring those to you. And that voicemail number is 872-221-0046. Uh, we usually tweet it out during the game too. Quite frankly, with everything going on, sometimes we forget to. So probably a good idea to save, especially if you're one of our callers that calls every week you probably want to save that into your phone write it down it's 872-221-0046 our voicemail line always fun uh and if your question was how much will justin fields be discussed on the voicemail line i would say a lot yes we know our guy bob dabrowski has us amongst his favorites yes 
Uh, I can't wait to hear from Bob. Probably Bob. mom, dad, Hogan Johns. Yes, I think that's actually accurate. Potentially, we're in the middle of mom and dad somewhere. Yeah. Mom, Hogan Johns, dad, Portillo's. Portillo. Ooh. Might have to hit Portillo's on the way to House Hall now, just because you brought that up. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Roan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Roan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to roan.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We should talk about the Rams, get a little bit more perspective on the Los Angeles Rams. Jordan Rodrigue from The Athletic, she covers the Rams, and we are going to bring her in right now. All right, here she is, Jordan Rodrigue from The Athletic. She covers the Rams, does a great job. You can follow her on Twitter. It's Jordan with a U in there, and Rodrigue, R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E. And you should be following her this weekend as the Bears head to Los Angeles to face the Rams. Jordan, thanks for jumping on with us. 
Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm a big fan of the show. Big fan of you guys both. Uh, if it just as a warning, uh, I've been having some issues with my camera this week. So if all of a sudden my screen goes gray, it's not because I don't like you. It's because uh, my my camera has been uh, giving me hell. So um, thank you so much for having me on today. Um, really excited. We're about to get things going, guys. You have uh, an old friend of ours out there by the name of Matthew Stafford. Uh, oh yes, <laughs> that guy. Yeah. Yes, um, we, we've known, him, we've gotten to know him a little bit here in Chicago. I'm joking a little bit, you know, but we've covered a lot of his his games. We've seen some good ones. Uh, we've seen some bad games uh, by him. Uh, the Lions, we jokingly call them the hot garbage team on our podcast a lot. And but now Matthew Stafford is out of that hot garbage. Like, and I'm just curious about like his. Like, what do you think from everything you've seen in camp, the preseason, I've heard from Sean McVay, like, what are the Rams getting and what do they think they could actually get out of Matthew Stafford at this point in his career? Yes, I think. um, And it's been interesting because the Matthew Stafford hype, like externally has been, whoa, it's been, it's been crazy. Right. But um, I think parts of it, I think it's fair because if you come into the building, you know, for a day or a couple of days or whatever, um, you just see the sort of comfort and peacefulness that's there. And it's not like it's not competitive. It's very competitive, but Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay are like, you know, the next buddy, buddy cop movie or something like they, they really are collaborating together and you can see it happen in real time. So when you're Recording there every day, in progress. Um, you see him putting the pieces together and, the, and stacking the building blocks. I think to me, that's been the most fun thing about watching his sort of uh, entrance and escalation into this offense. There's so many rules and specificities for this offense, right? And it's all about, they, they talk so much about how easy it is. The system is on the quarterback, but you got to learn the dang thing first. And there's so many hyper-specific rules to it. So it's been really fun and and really interesting um, from the perspective of a, of a writer to watch. You can literally see him stacking increments together Um, to me, watching someone do that after having had basically Basically, um, an entire career beforehand um, has been has been fascinating, and and they are trying things, and he's making mistakes in practice, and then the next day coming out and dealing. And um, I stared down the barrel of a no look pass for the first time in my life, and I was like, whoa! So it's just you know, it's it's been so fascinating to see all of the all of the different pieces come together, not just the cool things and, and the rare stuff that you see. I think a lot uh, about talked about right now, um, but digging deeper into the into the grain of it, like how he's stacking those blocks together and how he's pushing himself to learn all over again at this phase of his career. Jordan, what are, I guess, some of the concerns then that might exist on offense? I mean, obviously they went big to get Stafford. It was a huge move back in January. It feels like forever ago now um, when they made that move, but what, cause every team has like the concerns and what, else needs to happen for it to all click. So I I guess where are the Rams there on that side of the football? Yeah, I'm not thrilled about their depth at offensive line on the offensive line. Um, I am additionally not thrilled by the fact that with three days left in their uh, like two and a half, three week period in Irvine for training camp with three days left, they swapped out centers again for the second time this off season, technically the third time in a calendar year. Um, and you know, Brian Allen, he spent the last year recovering from a pretty serious leg injury, um, and then rebuilding strength. He, he also was one of the first players to test positive for COVID and had some, had some sim- bad symptoms. Um, and he, uh, he, he was recovering for a while. And so him 
being swapped back in had so much to do with sure his development, but also the fact that they Austin Corbett, who they had moved and who had taken every single rep with Matthew Stafford through the spring um, and through the first two and a half weeks of camp um, was now moved back to right guard, which is the position I think many would argue myself included, or that's his best position. Um, The guy that they put in to replace him so that he could move over to center was not uh, was not cutting it. And so they had to sort of shuffle that late in camp um, and they've got a new offensive line coach as well. And there's very, very little depth behind them in my mind. That's, that's proven, especially. So, you know, you, you hear names like Andrew Whitworth and you can depend on him probably, you know, for years to come. I, I would think we measure time and in increments of Whitworth at this point. Um, Rob Havenstein, you can depend on him. Austin Corbett now back at right guard, you can depend on him, but I, I'm concerned about just right up the gut uh, of that, of that offense and especially the depth behind. I mean, you, you hate to, you hate to think that this team with Super Bowl aspirations in the city of Los Angeles is a meniscus away. Um, but really, I mean, that's kind of what we're looking at right now. And I think the same applies to their running backs room as well. There's so many unique connections, I think, between these two teams. And, and like it goes back to like 2018, right? Like the, the Rams have this hot offense and Vic Fangio, the Bears defensive coordinator, you know, figures them out. You have Jared Goff and Mitch Trubisky who share the same agent. Now they're both out of there. You know, you have McVay hiring Brandon Staley, Leonard Floyd comes with them. Like, I just think it makes it so unique because there's so many unique connections. And I wanted to ask you about one of them. I mentioned him, Brandon Staley, like how, how much is he going to be missed? Like, where do you see his absence affecting this team the most? I think one of the things that was interesting, um, and I have a piece about this over at the athletic today is, is, um, how deeply those two pushed each other in terms of Sean McVay and Brandon Staley. I love the connection between the Rams and the bears because that Vic Fangio built defense was obviously the thing that was the ultimate character foil essentially in this, in this sort of story between the two teams with Sean McVay and his meteoric rise. And then all of a sudden uh, it's not just a speed bump. It's like the rock that gets stuck in your shoe and you can't get rid of it. Right. And, and so he went out obviously and hired Brandon because he wanted to brew his own poison in his own building, essentially the same that would, the same that, that got him multiple times. And so I think that with Brandon, the way that they pushed each other and the way they designed practice structures last year, um, it was sort of a two, twofold deal where, uh, it, it got the defense ready to go, obviously. And it got the offense time to troubleshoot through those things but it also got Sean pushing deep into that playbook. Right. And I think that's really what he wanted too was not just, you know, the, the coach, but he wants the system and he wants to find ways to make it his own. Now, I also think that it's really hard to teach that system and to run that system. And so with Raheem Morris, um, I've been really impressed with what Raheem Morris has done, which is have an entire lack of ego, despite his two decades of experience, the lack of ego to come in and say, I'm going to run someone else's system. I'm going to learn it myself and get, you know, try to get really good at running it so that I can teach it effectively instead of the things that I'm most comfortable with from my two decades of, of history. And that's a huge tell to me uh, that, that that's what Sean McVay wants moving forward is this system because he believes that it will be most effective against uh, the sort of the way offenses are trending in in the league. Um, But with Brandon Staley, I mean, the players, the players loved him. They bought in. I think 
in similar ways that you're going to see players buy in and probably already have with Sean Desai. And what I really like about Sean Desai, who I thought should have been, you know, along with Raheem, who I think is great, but Sean Desai, I thought the Rams should have pushed hard to try to get him as well. And I think you're going to see similar um, sort of, energy in that regard where you buy in because not only is, is the defense run by a guy who you generally like being coached by, but it's also smarter and it's also more comprehensive of an education in terms of, of what you're learning. And Vic Fangio really, really started that obviously. Um, and, and so that's been fascinating. So I think like th- they're going to miss Brandon Staley and you're going to see differences here and there. I also think that Sean went deep enough into that playbook to where he's going to try some things and try to push some, some, uh, excuse me, pull at some threads that maybe he wants to sort of advance the evolution of this defense. So that's going to be really interesting to see um, how that goes. Cause it's all you can talk about it all you want, but can you actually do it? That remains to be seen. What I find fascinating, Jordan, about the the preparation from the Bears' standpoint is they get ready for the Rams. It's actually on both sides of the ball. You have the, they they've played the Rams enough on offense to know what the system is, what they're going up against, and then they're plugging in Matthew Stafford, who they know well, to try to figure out what might be different. And then on the other side of the ball, you know they've been practicing against this defense every day in training camp, which is very similar to what the Rams were running with Brandon Staley, what Sean decides doing now, like it literally every day in training camp, but they've been, they've been preparing for it, which is just an interesting wrinkle about this being the week one game. But at the same time, Raheem Morris is a different coordinator. So he comes in and yet the bears played the Falcons last year, had success against the Falcons last year, where he came from, uh, especially in the fourth quarter when they came back. So it's kind of, again, plugging him in what might be different, trying to figure that out. I just think it's from that standpoint, a very interesting matchup, however it plays out. Yeah, these two teams, they're like, um, they're so connected, right? Like so structurally different from in terms of personnel and the way that they approach team building and all that stuff. But when you get right down to like the grain of the wood, right? They're they're so, they run so counter to each other and and they're so, so parallel to each other. It's kind of like, they're like the Spider-Man meme. They're like pointing at each other. Yeah. This is the best opener, right? Because this is like, you're basically putting these two systems in a vacuum and being like, what, what's going to grow out of this? You know, cause some, this will, this game, I think, even if it's ugly and disgusting and gross, which it very well could be, I, you know, we, we just don't know yet. Um, but something will come of it and people who are wondering how they're going to install these sort of Staley Fangio systems in their own buildings, the Packers, um, the lions, people who are wondering how they're going to do that are going to pull directly from both teams in this game, in my opinion. So time to put you on the spot, Jordan. <laughs> Give us a, a matchup that you're that you're watching and looking forward to maybe analyzing later. And then how do you see this one playing out in LA? Yeah, so I um I really, really like the way that Eddie Jackson plays football. Um he's healthy, right? Like I I he is. It's, okay, just making sure, you know, I'm a little it's uh eight forty five AM here, so not <laughs> quite up on the injury report yet. So um I love so the way that that uh, I think Sean Desai will um just push his safeties to every ounce of their, of their limit. And I think you have that immediate buy-in, especially with his background and the really smart things you can do with safeties in this system. Um, and so I'm actually, uh, 
Eddie Jackson, Matthew Stafford. That's, that's actually, I think the, the matchup I'm, I'm definitely looking at. Um, I think, uh, you know, I could say like Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, like eh, those guys are okay. Right. But, um, <laughs> I just like the, the chess match of it. I've been watching the way that Matthew Stafford is working against the Rams own safeties and, um, working against a guy who's moving around everywhere in the star as Jalen Ramsey is. And so I think particularly I'm, I'm fascinated by that because that's going to be, um, just such a battle within the battle, in my opinion. You got the Rams winning? I do. I actually, I've, I'm playing it super safe. I'm doing the same score as, uh, what was it, 24-10 last year? Yes. I know, because people, people are like, oh, you know, you got to pick the Rams to score a ton of points. I'm like, guys, this might kind of be kind of gross at first, right? Like, yeah. it's this guy is learning this system for the first time, probably going to turn the ball over a little bit. Um, and, and that's fine. He's got, he's got to figure it out by week eight. That's about, that's it. Like, that's what, you know, Tom Brady did last year. Right. Like it's, that's, that's it. So, um, I think it's going to be a little bit, it could be gross in parts. Uh, but I do think the Rams will, will come away with the win. I like to pick because I'll be honest and I don't want to give it away because we have our predictions coming up a little bit later on, but that was a score that I thought of because it happened last year. And I was like, that might actually happen again. We'll see if it, if it repeats. <laughs> I like what you said about Eddie Jackson. That yeah, no, I, that's the, a good yeah. one too. That's a good one too. Jordan. I thanks. wish I could have a, sorry to interrupt one more time. I know I'm like, guys, I'm the worst. I know, but like, it, I want to put ca- like a camera on the middle of Matthew Stafford's helmet that stares into the soul of Eddie Jackson as he plays visually on Matthew Stafford. And like, Oh man, like that's the next someone do that for me. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Who do I ask? <laughs> Who's like- yeah. well, it, it's the, the chess matches that you like to see, right? Yeah. Like, and they're going to disguise that like Brandon Staley disguise. They don't like showing to the last second of what they're going to do. And they're going to do the same here in Chicago. It will be fascinating chess match. That's for sure. Jordan, thanks so much. Bonus points for the Spider-Man reference because our podcast <laughs> is always full of Marvel references with that guy, Adam Johns, over there. <laughs> Follow her on Twitter at Jordan Rodrigue and make sure you are following the Ram side of this on The Athletic this weekend. Thanks so much. Thanks, thanks Jordan. Appreciate it. All right, great perspective on the Rams there. Feel like we have the game broken down from most angles and so... It is that time, Adam Johns. We need to make our predictions. I forget. Do we go predictions and then bold predictions? Man, I think we do bold predictions first. Bold, bold predictions? First. Okay. Bold predictions. Waiting to hit that button for a long time. Eddie Jackson. Interception. A for real one. Not one called back. Wow. A real one that shows up on the stat sheet the next morning. Eddie Jackson. Uh, probably not. Oh, see, see what I mean? That's what I mean. It's, it's still bold. Eddie Jackson makes an interception. He's done it before against Matthew Stafford. He scored in L.A. last year. He did? Yeah, he had the fumble recovery deal, and he picked it up and scored. I think that was the only points the Bears scored all night. Uh, um, okay. Okay. How about this? Despite all the struggles that I am predicting offensively, I am very high on David Montgomery. High enough, and I might just be high, but high enough (laughs) that I drafted David Montgomery in my fantasy football league. And I usually just stay away from Bears offensive players in general as a philosophy, and it's quite frankly been successful over the years. I love how he finished last year. And it, it wasn't just the numbers, man. When you watched him run, he was, and granted the offensive line was better, and that's why this is bold because of all the concerns about the offensive line. But 
I believe that David Montgomery, is it bold enough if I just say 100 all-purpose yards or do I have to go rushing? Maybe 90 rushing? Okay, 90 rushing and how many all-purpose? 130? Uh, I don't know if he's necessarily going to 40 yards. He was fifth. I don't know why people forget this. He was fifth in the league in total yards from scrimmage last year. Yeah. Fifth. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. He he. So, all right, I'll just do this. 120 all-purpose yards. How about that? Okay. All right, 120 all-purpose yards. I think he has a good game. I I, I just I, I think he is going to be a volume back that win or lose, success or not success for the offense, I just think he's still going to get his because I think he's he was already really good at the end of last season, and I loved how he looked in training camp. I thought he looked faster. I really did. I thought he looked faster. So we'll see how that plays out. So that's my bold prediction for the week. All right, let's make our prediction. 23-16. Rams, I see like the previous games. Kind of ugly at times. Defensive slugfest at times. There are special defensive players on the field. I think Matthew Stafford makes the three or four throws that he needs to make. And Andy Dalton makes maybe one of those throws uh, in this game. Um, 23-16. Rams, the Bears cover the seven and a half. I forget. Did you say pick six for Eddie Jackson or just interception? No, no, just interception. Okay, so you got the Bears scoring two touchdowns? And getting the safety or something? No, 16. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. just some math in there. Um, just They're just covering. Bears cover. Barely. I'm going to take the Rams 20, Bears 10. Just don't think that there's... I think there'll be times where the offense looks better, but I just think at the end of the day, it's still going to be hard to score points. Um, although I say that also with the caveat, I let's not underestimate the change at defensive coordinator for the Rams. Like Brandon Staley made a huge difference there. A very significant difference. Now, they got dudes. They got players. But Raheem Morris was the defensive coordinator in Atlanta last year when Nick Foles was lighting them up in the fourth quarter. So I do think that there will be overall, maybe it's not this week, but overall with the Rams, I do think they will take a little bit of a step back defensively, even with all the talent they have. All right, time to get into some of these other games as well. Just the tip there, Jim. Yeah, it wasn't enough. Let's start noon on Fox. The 40, we usually do the NFC North. If you're new here, we start the NFC North and we'll get to some of the other better games. So noon on Fox, it's the 49ers going to the Lions. And by the way, I forgot to say this on my Bears prediction. So I am actually, I'm in uh, Joe Ostrowski's survivor pool this year. I am going to take the Rams as my pick this week. You pick one game, just a win. It's just a win straight up. If you're wrong, you're out of the pool for the whole year. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so that's... I'm, I, I am going to take the Rams. The, 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 I just thought of that because this was the other game I was looking at. And I believe these are the two highest spreads of the week. Um, well, three. I think I think Bears, Rams, 49ers, Lions, and I think the Bucks, Cowboys is also at 7.5. All three are at 7.5. So the 49ers on the road, though, are 7.5-point favorites at the Lions, who at least should be entertaining to us a little bit. Ha-ha uh, <laughs> type of entertainment. Oh, ha-ha, entertaining. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. Um, Yeah, they're going to be the worst team in the NFL. Oh, you um, forget about Houston. How soon we forget? Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah true, true. Um, I'm going to go 49ers. 
even with the spread this big, you know, I could see a 10 point, 13 point win for the 49ers. And I'm not even sold. Like a lot of people, I think like the 49ers are like a top 15, top 12 team in the league. I'm not sold on that. Not even close, but they can beat the Lions because the Lions are again, hot garbage. The Lions are the Lions. That's the facts. That's that's 100% truth. All right. Also noon on Fox, the Vikings go to Cincinnati. So the Bengals starting with two games against the NFC North at home against the Vikings. Then they'll come to Soldier Field next week. This is a uh, a game the Vikings are only favored by three in. And I actually think this number is pretty close to correct. Um, you know, I don't know how much better the Vikings got this year. I was big on them reloading last year, so I still think they'll be relevant. I think they'll be a tough team. But don't underestimate what that Bengals offense might be doing this year once they, uh, you know, Joe Burrow's in year two. He's got Jamar Chase with him now. He's got some weapons. That offensive line needs to be a lot better, obviously. But um, I could, I think this will be a decent game. I'm taking the the Vikings, but just one general thought on them. I don't think they're that much better than the Bears. Again, going looking at power rankings and anonymous executive rankings, they're not that good. I know like the history of Mike Zimmer's career shows you like a bad year is usually followed up with with a really good year, at least a playoff worthy year. I don't know if that's going to be delivered this year. This seems like a team that's like on the verge of like a complete reshuffling, you know, even if it means, you know, getting rid of Zimmer. I know it didn't get an extension like two years ago or something yeah. like that, but you know, that doesn't really matter in the world of, you know, NFL money, but yeah, I'm not sold on the Vikings as a team, but they could beat the Bengals. seems Can't like cover. Yeah. It seems like the Vikings have been in that spot for a couple of years now. Um, I don't know why I'm going to take the Bengals here. I think this is just a lot of times weird things happen in week one and I'm going to take the Bengals. They're at home. I'm not necessarily sure they're going to win, but I'll, I'll take them covering uh, since they're getting the three points. All right. So two words, Aaron Rodgers. Um, Hall of Fame. Two words. Fox 325 PM. It's one of my favorite sound clips ever. Packers at Saints, which is really at Jacksonville. Because this game got moved due to the hurricane. Uh, man, some of that stuff behind the scenes on that, like, I don't know if it was true or not, but they're saying, like, part of the reason why they, they moved it to Florida is because Aaron Rodgers sucks in Florida. Like, and Sean McVay, or uh, Sean Payton actually looked into that and was like, let's Did the research. Like, yeah. Uh, hey, Aaron Rodgers well, beat the Saints in New Orleans last year. So maybe yeah. it's better in Jacksonville. I don't know. But uh, the Packers are four and a half point favorites here. Yeah, Packers here. Come on. I don't know if this Jameis Winston reclamation project is going to go well in New Orleans. Yeah. yeah but he, again, a great opportunity to, to change the course of a career, just like Matthew Stafford. One of the best play callers. Jameis Winston has the talent. Now he's got Sean Payton at his side. But I, just, I don't know. Replacing a Hall of Famer in Drew Brees just seems like a tall task. Yeah, I mean that's how you got to look at. It. I at the end of the, I actually, I'm I'm intrigued by this Jameis Winston thing with Sean Payton. Me too. But you lost Drew Brees, okay? And the Packers, I don't know how much better the Packers got, but I don't think they got worse. I think Rodgers set up to be a stone cold killer again. Devontae Adams wants his contract. I don't know if he's going to get it before Sunday or not, but um, 
I think they'll go out ball. So I'll take the Packers in that one as well. Culture, history, spaghetti. These are the things of a boot country called Italia. Hello, I'm Joe Romano of Romano Tours. For two generations, my family has provided high-quality tours of Italy to people from all over the world, but mostly Long Island and Jersey. I had to give a shout-out to our guy, Joey Joe Rowe, because uh, this was always his segment. We got to get him back on to pick, yes. some, pick some games. Joe Romano, the best out there. Uh, CBS Noon, Steelers at Bills. Bills, six and a half point favorites yeah. in this one. Yeah. Are you on the bandwagon? The Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs bandwagon? I am, but I always get a little bit careful that it could be a regression team, too, a little bit. Like, they sort of feel like the 2019 Bears with the hype. And I don't know which direction they're going to go. Like, it might be real. Like, they, they, they theoretically. And this is the first, this is the money is starting to kick in here in the future, and it's going to be really tough to keep this team together. So it feels like you better win now if you're Buffalo. I do think they're a good team, but I could also see some, some regression. And while I don't necessarily think the Steelers are going to be outstanding this year, six and a half, that's a lot of points. Yeah, yeah. I'm taking the Steelers to cover. Um, they're just. Like a team that's always consistently good, but it feels to me like always underestimated a bit. Like, I don't know if it's just because Ben, ben Roethlisberger isn't the same, but I don't know. Give me the Steelers in this one to cover. Yeah, I think defensively the Steelers can do enough to yeah. slow down the Bills a little bit. I love J- Josh Allen, but I still not. They don't have much of a running game, I feel like, still. So Josh Allen kind of is the running game. So six and a half. I'm going to go with the Steelers on that one. You're not listening, Chris. All right. 3.25 p.m. on CBS. This is a good one. The Browns at the Chiefs, a rematch of their playoff game. And this kind of, to me, has that surprise week one game written all over it. I'm, I don't want to make it sound like I'm totally on the Browns bandwagon because that's a dangerous place to be. But fluke, there's always a fluky game. In week one. And I'm going to take the Browns here. And I wouldn't even be surprised if they end up winning the game. Because I do think they have a talented roster. I think they have a good coaching staff. Um, And like I said, crazy things happen in week one that don't necessarily matter. Like the Chiefs could go on and be 16-1. and But maybe that one is their loss against the Browns in week one. Yeah. Don't they have the stated goal of going undefeated this year? Like, hasn't that been discussed in Kansas City? Like, I saw those sure. headlines, right? I read about that. Sure. So, I, I don't think that ends. Uh, yeah, I know what you're saying about the craziness of week one, but this just strikes me as a game that's close in the middle of the third quarter, and then you got the two special throws for Patrick Mahomes, and all of a sudden there's 14 more points on the board for the Chiefs. That's how this one's going to go, in my opinion. I got the Chiefs winning maybe by, well, they cover. So, more by the touchdown. More more than the touchdown. Give me the Chiefs. Okay. You gonna lock that up? Oh. Which one of those are you locking up? Uh, I'm gonna go 49ers. Over the Lions, even though they're on the road. Fair enough. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. I think I'll lock the Packers. Okay. 
That's that seems like a sensible thing to do. Thank you, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> aggressive. All right. There's our first picks of the year. Fun first preview episode of the season as well. I can't wait for football to start. Uh, who you got? Who you picking? Who's Notre Dame uh, high school playing? Oh, they got Mount Carmel. Ooh, it's gonna be a tough one. Going with the Fighting Jordan Lynches. It's gonna be a tough one. Jordan Lynch, former Bear, head coach at Mount Carmel. Yes, yeah, that is true. Um, Notre Dame falling to zero and three. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Ooh. Tough, uh, tough three games late to open up the season. Who you got in the uh, Carmel Leo game? I can't. Oh, oh Carmel should win that handedly. As the the avid follower of Catholic League football that I am, you guys should win by four touchdowns. Whoa! Bold predictions. We'll see. I'm ready to go. Fridays have taken on a different meaning for me. It's like hard oh, to sleep on yes. Thursday night. I lot, love it. A lot racing through your head. Welcome to this world of crazy high football, crazy high football, high, fo- high football, <laughs> crazy high school football love. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's fun. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Uh, so we'll see if you can get two in a row against Leo. Leo um, had some good battles against Leo back in high school because that was the Chicago Catholic League. St. Ignatius, Leo, a lot of good basketball games in their tiny gym. Oh, very good. They have yeah, a balcony very good. that goes around the top. That's like kind of where you have to sit because it's such a small gym, but it would actually kind of create this really cool atmosphere when you have a big game. So, uh, yeah, Leo coming to Carmel should be a good game. All right. Um, appreciate everybody listening. We, we say this. We don't say it enough. We should probably remind you every episode, but if you, especially our loyal listeners, we appreciate you. And uh, if you can, just tell a friend. Tell one friend. Tell one Bears fan you know. If you're going to the game next week, if you're one of those that go to the games every week at Soldier Field, tell those season ticket holders around you or whatever. Check out the Hogan Johns podcast. We appreciate you. T-shirts up at obviousshirts.com. Uh, we appreciate the support there as well. And you guys are uh, wearing the podcast brand out in public. It does help. And, um, yeah. Read us, NBCSportsChicago.com, TheAthletic.com. A lot of predictions up. I got to check out some of that stuff on The Athletic myself. And uh, we'll continue to have the coverage from House Hall the next couple days as we prepare for Bears and Rams. Remember, voicemail line open on Sunday. Should be fun. We will talk to you Sunday post game from SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. See ya. Justin Fields time, baby!